When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Good afternoon, welcome to the Royal Blue podcast. It's um, a celebratory edition really. Uh, we're talking about the Man City game and that wonderful afternoon and, and goals that we all witnessed on, on Sunday. Before we get cracking, um, we'd just like to thank you all really for the positive feedback we've had over the last few weeks. Some really kind comments on Twitter and on Facebook, and we're glad you're enjoying it. And I noticed as well a few people um, tweeting at us today, checking what time it's coming out. So as I say, it's great to know that um, you're appreciating the recordings we're putting out there. And let's hope this one particularly goes down well, because we're certainly up for it to remember and reflect on that game. Gav, what a performance. What a performance, what a result, what an atmosphere, what a great day. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those uh, games uh, and afternoons that very rarely happen. Um, hopefully will happen a lot more in the future that you, you cherish it. Um, happens maybe once every five or ten years. Um, probably the last one I can remember like that is maybe the, the Liverpool derby game in mm. 2006 or 3-0. Uh, and, and um, you know, Sunday's game was a similar type of game as well. Yeah. I'll go into detail, which we'll talk about, but it was just perfection, and it doesn't happen very often, and you should uh, cherish it, and, and whatever happens in the future, you can always, uh, it makes it worthwhile being a football fan. Yeah, it was that feeling of everything was in harmony, so wasn't it, on, on Sunday you had, you know, the, the atmosphere and the ground was tremendous, and then the players didn't half respond, didn't they? I think it, it was everything on and off the pitch for Everton that day was just superb, and it sums up why we support the football club, on and off the pitch for what they did to young Bradley beforehand and the players, what they did. Even you're looking at Manchester City, one of the richest clubs in the world. They've come here with full of superstars in the team, Pep Guardiola in charge. Now, for us to have three scousers, a couple of teenagers in the team, and to beat them at arm's length, it was just an unbelievable day. We didn't just beat them just through sheer grit. We were better than them. Ronald Koeman outfoxed Pep Guardiola in tactical-wise. His team selection, which I, eyebrows were raised at the start of the at the start of the term when the teams come in, didn't they? After all, like you know, Schneiderland, you're going. How much has started Schneiderland, Luckman? Yeah, I was feeling the worst when I seen Gareth Barry in the starting lineup. A lot of Evertonians were thinking the same. But and then the three at the back situation, Koeman got it absolutely spot on. Four shots on target, four goals. And if Manchester City were still playing now. He still wouldn't have a sniff at our goal because Joel had nothing to do all game. It was just a perfect afternoon, and it nights like that, days like that make you feel proud to be an Evertonian. Yeah, I thought uh, Joel's uh, best contribution on Sunday was running the full end of yeah. the pitch for the, uh, <laughs> the, pile the fourth goal. No, I mean to be fair, we can't you can't rewrite history. For you know, for part of the first half, we were under the under not wouldn't say under the cost because City had a few opportunities, didn't he? Uh, Joel made a couple of saves, but um, the second half. Um, the second goal was the killer, wasn't it? Really, straight mm. after half time, um, they um, wilted after that. Uh, we kept control of the game, and then 
you know, one bonus goal from Tom Davis and mm. what a goal, and then and, and another bonus goal for us in the end from from Luckman made um, made an afternoon afternoon fit to uh, remember. I mean, to me, to me, if you went going into technically about not technically, um, but about it, I think it was the formation it's only you referred to there. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we see four two three one. Um, because I don't think we've got a central defensive partnership with that. You think that's a natural one for us at the moment, mm. which we've spoken about. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Having three at the back, three central defenders gives us that gives us that little bit more at the back. And also, I think Ashley Williams is far more comfortable with two speedier centre halves yeah. inside of him. Um, I think if you play four two three one, say if you have two holding midfielders, I don't think we've got a natural pair at the moment. If you play Gareth Barry. Because as you know, Barry's legs have gone and mm. and I sort of a bit vulnerable. But if you play Baines and Coleman either sides of Barry, it means it reduces the amount of running that he's got to do, doesn't mm. it? He can yeah. just stay in the middle. Um, and by playing three up front rather than replaces that three behind Tom yeah. scenario, which we just haven't got right all year. And both Barkley and Morales are closer to their natural positions if they play just behind Tom or just either side of them. And I think consequently. On on Sunday, we got a good performance. I think because of that formation as much as anything else, mm. um, and it was um, it, and, and within the formation, you know, normally when you're marking players, Greg, you, you know, you've done you, you normally start points is probably what five or six, and if you if you play mm. well a couple of points either way, you play badly a couple of points below you know five or six. But on on Sunday the start and the starting point was probably for everybody was was probably eight, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. You're looking, you're looking at the tactics Ronald Koeman employed there on, on Sunday. He got everything spot on. Absolutely, the substitutions couldn't have went any better. His defensive work. Now, we nullified Manchester City to not many shots at, at Joel did we throughout all the game for all. I think Ronald Koeman was happy letting Manchester City have the ball. You Listen, you've got to break us down. And the minute you lose that ball, we're capitalising on you. I think Everton's done that throughout the game. But a point I'd like to take you on, um, Tom Davis grabbed the headline, and quite rightly so, it was fantastic throughout the day. Greg, me, and, me yourself and Phil, we went to see Everton's under-23s against Southport 18 months ago. And we walked out, it was a pre-season friendly, wasn't it? Everton under-23s against Southport. And we came out and we thought, we've got one there, haven't we? Yeah. Tom Davis stu- stood out miles above anyone else on the pitch. Could you have imagined the 18 months down the line that he would have world-class footballers on a string the way he did at Goodison Park on Sunday. No. With all the best will in the world, I think the timescale of his flourishing has surprised me. You know, I thought maybe it'd be a bit like Kieran Dow at the start of last, at the end of last season, rather he came in and then the start of this season it was up and down and all of a sudden he looked very much more a case of raw potential. Um, and you could almost have thought, well, he's going to be in and out this season, it'll be a better in season. And maybe towards the end of the campaign you'll get more games. But for him to make his mark the way he has done, um, I hesitate to say it, but it, in a sort of early Rooney, early Barkley fashion, and yeah. that's, look, that's not yeah, no starting down it? that line yeah, yeah, and piling pressure on. But what I mean is to make such a high-profile mark, and I mean, even more so than Ross, really, because yeah. Ross at that age didn't do that. He had an mm. amazing debut against QPR, mm. but what he did... Um, to answer your question, no, I couldn't really have anticipated it would happen so quickly. Mm. I'm delighted it has. And it's not just, you know, it's not just the fact that he's he's capable of scoring a goal like that, which surprised me. I didn't mm. really know if he had that in his locker, but 
it's how mature he seems to be. And, you know, it's not, let's, let's be honest, at the moment, he's only 18. He's not perfect. There was a couple of times when he switched off and it could have been costly. Yeah. Lad's 18 years of age, but for all the times he didn't, his, his tactical maturity and his awareness and discipline was brilliant. And I think he knows, he's alluded to in interviews, that he's been sort of pressed hard by Koeman on, on when, when to be aware of players mm. running in behind him, especially when you've got world-class players, Torre, Silva, all those in and around you trying to exploit any lapse in, in concentration. But the way he played was just absolutely tremendous. The way he focused, like I say, albeit a few little blips, mm. um, which any player of any age is capable yeah. of. Gareth Barry can switch off for a yeah, couple of seconds and mm. it can be fatal. Uh, the difference being Davis has just got that energy that he, he could almost look as if he could have played another game straight mm. afterwards on, on Sunday and such is the joy of youth, but just tremendous. And if goals are in his locker as well, then wow, what a find. Yeah, what a finish. Yeah. Gav, we, we, we questioned Ronald Koeman about the... The inclusion of Tom Davis six weeks ago, we said Swansea at home would be an absolute shoe-in for him. Prime example for him to Swansea, the type of team that you want to play against. Cummins held him back, he's held him back and held him back, and now he's playing him in big games. It's it just justifies probably Cummins got his time and his selection spot on, doesn't it? It does. I think there's been circumstances behind that with the Jessica being in uh, yeah in the African Nations Cup. Couple of nations, whatever it's called, mm. and James has been injured, hasn't he? Yeah. So his hand's been forced to to a degree. Yeah. Um. But having said that, um, it, it it's about right. I mean, I think what what I like about him. I mean, he, he grew before before I get to that. He grew into the game on yeah. Sunday. It wasn't yeah. a ninety minute perfect performance. The first fifteen twenty minutes, he could he was sort of treading water a little bit, wasn't he? He grew into the game. What I like about him is, um. Not only is he a creative player, obviously, but he's got that little bit of nastiness and sort mm. of in a nice way mm. in his locker. And he can look, yeah. you know, you'd say he can look after himself is the uh, the phrase that people use, and that's what I that's what I like about him. Um, and to be fair, and I mean what I wanted to talk about on uh, particularly was was the first goal was perfection, wasn't it? Mm. It's not often. I mean, some you get goals, don't you? Where somebody does something perfectly, and you get other goals where there's a great assist and somebody else finishes it perfectly. There's very few goals where you see three players perfectly contributing to the goal. Yeah. Like like Sunday and and fair play it was a great ball by Davis where he intercepted it as well, didn't yeah. he? But it was a great ball by Kevin Morales. Yeah. Who, let's face it, we can give some stick to it, but yeah. I thought it was outstanding on on uh, on Sunday, and it was a great finish by Ron. And that, to me, in some respects, was it was great to see the goals at the end. But that from a perfect team goal is is, is what you want to see from Evan under Cumin, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think from what we've seen with Tom Davis, enormous amount of pressure on him. But even in the opposition box going forwards, I haven't seen since we've sold Mikel Arteta a midfielder. Going into the opposition box, sliding balls through to centre forwards. I haven't seen that for years. I've just seen workers in McCarthy and Gareth Barry and centre midfielders of that ilk just harrying players. I haven't seen a ball playing midfielder since Mikel Arteta, and I've, it looks as though we finally found one. Don't forget, he set up Lukaku as well last time. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. That forward yeah. ball splitting I'm, defences. Haven't seen it. Haven't said that. I mean, I'm not sure. I know you're not saying he is, but. You know, it, it would be unfair to compare him too strongly to Arteta because he, they, they are different, different aren't they? Yeah, totally. um, but then you just don't know. He could be this is the exciting thing about him because he's eighteen. We're seeing all this potential and result and end mm. 
product now. Yeah. Imagine what he's going to be like when he's 25. I mean, yeah. if he stays on track, you know, it's important to remember as well. I don't need in any way to be, you know, the, the pessimist punching the balloon. But when Ross came on against Q, or start yeah. against QPR back in 2010, I was blown away. That debut for me was one of the best uh, youngsters. Yeah. So we need to make sure that everyone at the club, the supporters, the, the, the coaching system, everyone gives them the best framework to succeed. Uh, and that he doesn't... I mean, he will have little setbacks, I imagine. He'll have little ups and downs in terms mm. of confidence. But I just really hope that he capitalises on and develops into the player that he clearly has the potential to be. How yeah. crucial is it, Gav, that David Unsworth, someone who's come to Everton's ranks, is there as a coach, as a mentor as well at the football club? Well, I, I wouldn't say it's crucial going forward. I think it's been crucial in his development, Yeah. to be fair. Um, where he stands now in terms of future developments, I'm not sure whether it's actually David Dunsworth doing mm. it, but you respect yeah, yeah. it. It's Ronald Koeman. I think mm. Tom's obviously, and I think it's maybe two or three players at the moment, has outgrown the under-23s and, and is like yeah. a bona fide first team player yeah. I think Calvert-Lewin's yeah. probably yeah. getting to that territory yeah. and obviously Luthman on, 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 on obviously come to later is in that territory so I think Dave's now developing within the men's game not the not the under 23 uh, well now yeah. that you've said that Gav do you think that's why we're seeing why Gareth Barry was given a one year extension for him to help Tom develop as a player he's got Leighton Baines there as well experienced I'm, I'm, heads I'm not sure about that um, I, don't, I don't know it may be yeah. you know, I, I couldn't say um, I think with Barry, it's just generally having that experience and know how round the club is handy to handy to have. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, but going back to Greg's point and and the, is the formation of the team will dictate where he'll play, won't he? Mm. It was quite clear on on Sunday going back to the formation, and I said last week he's not a defensive midfield in front of the back four in the four-two-three-one. Is yeah. he? Is he either part of a three-four-three in the middle? If he goes forward, he'd be covered by one of the full-backs can drop in behind him yeah. or something like that. Or he's part of your forward three yeah. or a behind your centre-forward yeah. type player. You want to see him affecting the game in the opposition area as much as possible. He's number eight for me, like yeah. traditional yeah, number yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think he's... Yeah, I think he'll physically develop a little bit more. He's going to have to. Yeah, I know, I'm not, yeah, saying, yeah. I'm not just saying yeah. Sunday was a one-off. He's going to have to physically adapt to the Premier League. Yeah, he... Brilliant on Sunday, but there become times where he'll go to Crystal Palace and they kick lumps out of him. It, it just depends on the opposition that you're playing against. Yeah, and, and City, if you think like you had Zabalessa and Yaya Torre, who were what, 32 and 34, yeah. you know, it wasn't if you're playing against uh, Gundogan. Mm. Yeah. Say, it might have been a slightly different game, like, you yeah. know, on, on Sunday. See, so, it could be so, on the opposite yeah. side of that. We could play Tottenham away and then next minute he's marking Deli Alley or something. Yeah, absolutely. Could, uh, he's chasing Dembele and Eriksen and it's totally different for yeah, him. Well, it could be like if they could be chasing him. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's important for them to develop. We are contractually obliged to give the warning about all young players. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, just yeah. to... Uh, well, the cat's out the bag now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Everyone, um, every, every team are going to now... You know, Pep Guardiola might have been forgiven for not knowing who he was, maybe. Now everyone's going to know who he is and they're all going to make plans accordingly, aren't they? You know, you've got mm. to try and... Um, you know, it brings us, perhaps, in a way, um, to... I've used Ross Barkley as a cursory example, but... I didn't mean that as if to say that Ross, by any means, is, is the example of a player who didn't fulfil his potential because there's still an ellipsis at the end with Ross. There's still that hope which comes and goes and comes and goes, but there's still a chance, I think. And, you know, there's a lot of stick floating around for, for, for me and Phil, bizarrely, on, on Sunday night. 
from someone on Twitter saying that um, Barkley proved us wrong by his performance on Sunday, and, and you know he hoped we were watching, and well we were watching obviously, and, and we enjoyed seeing Ross have one of his better games, and I think you know it's always criticism for us that comes from a good place because you want Ross to succeed, and I think most people would say watching the season has been warranted at times, but it was great to see him having an impact on the game on Sunday, wasn't it? It was. What I've noticed in Ross's performances over the past couple of weeks is that. In years gone by and games gone by, he's drifting in and out of games. He's on the periphery, he'll do something good and the next minute he'll just you won't see him for ten minutes. What I've noticed over these last two or three games, especially with Tom Davis and the team, he's non stop work rate. He's constantly looking for the ball, he's chasing players down, he'll look to get on the ball. Now he he came he came off on Sunday and he was dripping with sweat. Yeah, he was, he was soaked. Yeah. And I've never seen you could see when the camera pounced down on him, his face was just it was drenched with obviously obviously as well, but he was salted put everything in to the minute he was on the pitch. Now I haven't seen that from Ross in well in, for for a long while. I think Cumin yeah. has probably said this is it now. This is what you get, and you've got young legs in the team. You've got experienced heads in the team. You've run out of excuses. You put a shift in for me non-stop, and then you've got your shirt, and we've seen the difference in Ross. Yeah, yeah. There's two things to say there. Is I think the first thing is, and there's been you know on the internet and stuff, that having Davis in the team sort of deflects the sort of attention away from him in terms yeah. of being the great white hope, as it yeah. were. Like, I, think, I think almost certainly that, and, and we know that Ross does appear to be the sensitive type, without being sound critical, about mm. where he maybe is like sort of aware of like what people think about him. I think the second thing is, and that I thought was really impressive, and just showed like a bit of a mature development is, I think where he got the ball for the Morales goal and the Tom Davis goal, I think, Maybe six months ago, a year ago, we would have tried the shot there rather than looking mm. up. Yeah. And on both occasions, he was aware of where the players were. And that actually, Davis had actually been on the floor, hadn't he? For, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. got back up. He sort of took a step back and sort of did the right, right thing. And we've often criticised Ross quite legitimately, like I said before, for his decision making. Mm. But there was, there was, for the two goals, he was absolutely spot on. And also, it was a real great ball for Lukaku, wasn't it, when it was 3-0, where Rom just sort of chipped it across the face of the area. It was just a nice little, like, sort of yeah. drag back with yeah. his right foot, sort of played uh, Rom in. And we criticised him for decision-making, but most three things, he did exactly the right thing. And, and he, he was another one who grew into the game, Ross, I think. I think for the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, maybe he was a bit quiet, but um, he did look the player on occasions on, on Sunday that we know he's, he's, he's capable of. And it, it's really exciting if he can pick up and, as you say, Tom Davis can sort of influence things. And we've got one or two players coming in, one or two players coming back from injury. It's 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 looking good. Yeah. Have we seen, I remember we were sat here six weeks ago and we'd just been beat off Southampton. We drew with Swansea, went on. I remember you guys were well, we questioning Kuma, but we say, listen, we want to see more for the six million a year he gets. We want to see his identity stamped on this team. Yeah. Are we finally coming to see what Ronald Koeman's about? Has he stumbled across the correct formation? Is he picking the right players? Are we finally seeing an identity what Ronald Koeman wants from his Everton team at the I moment? I think Sunday we did, didn't we? You know, yeah, hopefully that's now the blueprint towards the end of the season. We see that level of intensity and that spot-on selection replicated. But again, without being the uh, the naysayer, it's only a week or so coming after the back of going out the FA Cup yeah. in the third round. So you've got to mm. bear that in mind. Um, however, 
there can be very few gripes after a performance and an afternoon like that. You've just got to hope that it carries on now to the end of the season. And who knows, you could even overhaul United the way the way they played. But um, I think Phil said, didn't he, that we were talking about whether the season was finished or not. And Phil said, if by the end of it, I think we all agreed, we can see a clear stamp of this is how Ronald Koeman's team is going to play and they're doing it and, and we get some good results. And even though we can't win anything now, you know, it's enough to keep us in the mix for the top six, maybe seventh is where we're going to end up, who knows. But we see really compelling displays like we saw spectacularly on Sunday. Then that's that's solace, that's something mm-hmm. to, to take from this season. And um, hopefully that's an indication because don't forget Southampton, he had a brilliant knack of going on these amazing runs mm. after adversity. Maybe that's the start of it. That's yeah, upsetting. yeah. I said last week that I thought the season started last week with the started transfer window and sort of the the general meeting saying about the vision going forward that that actually the future started there, and and I agree. Um, so, you, so you said about whether it's he stumbled on it or whether it's in his plans. Yeah. Maybe there's just a, like a lot of things. There's a little bit of little bit of both there. Um, I think maybe he's realised that there's one or two players who passed their sell by date in the. In, in, in the first team, there's you know he's been quite open that there's a couple of players you know he wants to 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 to, to get rid of, um, and that's left him with the core of players that he wants plus some players that he wants to bring in. And maybe now he's thinking, well, actually now now I've got the players I want, and I've tried all the different formations and all the different players yeah. that I, to, to to see who 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 we want to keep and who we want to get rid of. Now he's in a position to say, right, okay, this is where I, I start now earning my money, putting yeah. the formation in and, and the players in that I, I want. So it would be interesting to see whether he does it and it would be interesting to see whether he's shown himself to be, want to change formation to different teams, whether if that's worked against City and that works to the centre of the teams, actually, he, he keeps that 3-4-3. Yeah. Three, three. I think it was mentioned last night, nine teams played 3-4-3. Three, three, yeah, yeah. They, they all copy like each other, yeah, don't cancel yeah. each other out. Yeah. yeah, so whether he thinks that that's... The way forward for us, or whether he, he still wants to to tinker around playing four three three or whatever. And I I games. just think we, were, we he was brought in here in the summer, wasn't he? And his two main objectives were to get results, get results as a matter of performances, get results, and sort our own records out. And to where we are right now, we're seventh. Yeah, it was six seven points off top six, and. Our home records is really, really good this season. It's only Liverpool who beaten us, and that was a ninety-fifth minute. No, not, not yeah. in the cups. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, in our league form. Considering yeah, last season, you look at Everton's yeah. home form last season. It was an absolute abysmal. Now look at it. It's it's chalk and cheese. Well, we matched last year's Premier League victories, haven't we? Six already. already yeah, we're in January. I mean, it's interesting because, like you were talking about catching Man United, we're actually closer to Man United than what we are to tenth at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Even though we're in seventh, they're just one place above us. And I think that, you know, in terms of between now and the end of the season, you don't want that grow, gap to grow to no. United, mm. you want to try and yeah. close it. Yeah. Well, Gav, do you think Everton could possibly close for that top six place? Bearing in mind, the teams above Everton are all playing Champions League football, Europa League football, FA Cup football, League <laughs> Cup. They're all in cup competitions. Everton are playing Saturday, 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 Saturday. That's got to help Everton, surely. Some Saturdays, no, no Saturday. Yeah, no exactly, game. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit mixed about this. I think, uh, on the one hand, I think, I think I just want us to see us get as many points as possible playing good football. If that yeah. takes us in at around six, that's great. But, you know, we spoke about Tom Davis. It would be nice to have had quite as many games as possible between now and the end of the season. To stay in the FA Cup, where we could be playing a fourth round tie yeah. against... You know, a low division team, a good yeah. summer it gives you an opportunity to 
to, to play D- Davis and a few maybe Kieran Dow and stuff yeah, like yeah. that you know I think that's one thing that I think the FA Cup for a couple of games might have given some people some fair team action have Everton got the squad for that though Gav they've got one centre forward no, I don't think Everton have got the squad well, to have a full tilt I think they could have put one or two players in for a couple of games you know like like Dow mm. or somebody like I'm not saying Dow in particular but players of his ilk and I think that might have been useful so we've only got now is it seven, 17 games 17 left games, seven, yeah. you know which is over four or five months is not a lot I think I said last week is it nine games in 12 weeks or yeah. now eight games in 11 weeks now yeah. which is not a lot is it really no. um, I, I, as much game time would have been quite beneficial for us over the next few months but that did the positive side to that so in Premier League th- thinking is that it gives us plenty of rest and we can just focus on the... Uh, well, the way Ronald Koeman likes to pl- Everton to play, Greg, and the pressing and force and the issue, that's only going to help Everton with having no cup competitions to, to aim at. It's going to be on a league-by-league league league game basis, isn't it? <clears throat> Definitely. It's a good point. I mean, I suppose in the long term, though, what will be interesting, though, is that you're absolutely right to play with that intensity for 94, whatever it is, minutes. Um, it takes some going and it takes some degree of fitness. But ultimately... Ronald Koeman's going to have to learn to cope with his own relative success in those terms because like Tottenham, you very much play that way as mm. well. The better you are at it, the, more, the better you'll do. You'll qualify for Europe. Mm. You might stay in the Cups longer and it's going to be more fixtures. And so you have to, A, you've got to get a bigger squad, yeah. which is hopefully what's going to continue to happen this month. And B, you've got to get fitter and fitter and fitter and more refined and better at doing it. So it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? But as we've just started to maybe master it, I think it's a good observation, yeah. Hope, you know, hopefully not being in in any other cup competitions or any other competitions full stop will be beneficial. I just wanted to kind of reflect on without going over very, very old ground. Um maybe anyone who's sort of half interested in football generally, and we all are, aren't we? Everton first, and then you look at Guardiola. Now, his first ten games in the Premier League, don't forget, well sorry, in in, in England, in all competitions he won, the city looked brilliant and what have you. But the way they were taken apart by us on Sunday, in a sense, it reminded me of watching Martinez's Everton. And I thought, what a difference it was. City were determinately sticking to playing it from the back. Stubbornly, you might say. And I know a lot of City fans feel that way. In the face of a team that just pressed them with more aggression, more intent, seized on every mistake. Because mistakes will happen when you try and play like that in the Premier League. And is that the ultimate rebuttal, what happened on Sunday and what happened to us so often? But we could have said, well, yeah, but Martinez isn't doing it properly and he hasn't got the best players. Now, the, the, the innovator of it all, the master, is trying it with an unlimited budget. And all right, he hasn't probably got his perfect squad in and they've had a couple of injuries. Um, Gundogan's a big miss, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, Gav. However, I just don't think, as it happens, that system can work in the Premier League, full stop. I, I, I totally agree. I, it looks to me as if this is the way I'm going to play, very much like Martin. As he, he, trying to, he was trying to copy his belief in him, wasn't he? He wanted to say, this is the way we're playing, and I'm adamant, and we've got no plan B. Martinez didn't have a plan B. And looks to me, Guardiola hasn't got one. Yeah. You're thinking to yourself, what have you got in your locker here, lads? If you're getting beat 2 or 3 nil, yeah. yeah. You look at Man United, prime example. Man United spent millions in the summer. Millions. Now, they were getting beat against Liverpool on Sunday. What did he do? He threw <laughs> Fellini up front yeah, yeah. as a plan B, get a knockdown goal, 1 0. Yeah. Arsenal have been doing it all season. If, now, for all, yeah. Arsenal Wenger have been struggling for results. Giroud comes on, get the ball in the box, Edda. You've got to have that plan B. Yeah. And it looks to me as if 
Guardiola and Roberto Martinez are very much in the mould of this is the way I'm playing football, deal with it. Well, I'm sorry to say he'll be on the dole soon if he carries on like that because he's... <laughs> I don't he, know where the Guardiola's in there. <laughs> it's Fortnite Lichard or whatever it is these days. So, to be honest whatever with you, box you know three is in Spanish, he'll be signing <laughs> on there because he looks as, to, as if he's the stubborn type not to adjust to the Premier League, well, and he's, he's, he's going to—he's in for a reason. He's not actually as in Barcelona and, and Bayern Munich. There are two points about that I'd like to make. The first one is: Do you think we've had enough credit for our performance on there? Yeah, Saturday? I think we have. I think, I think the local nationally, yeah, or they focused in too much on like the travails of City and Guardiola in particular. You're going to because their teams are lot, still up man for man, more or less better than ours, and so it's a bit of a shock if a team like that beats the opposition 4-0. So obviously, if you were to look out that from outside of football and you think, how's that happened? Surely that's a miss, that's a mistake from the team who are a lot better. So people are automatically going to think that's the case. Fair points. Yeah, fair points. It's just that I thought we should have got, a, got, got more credit for uh, Sunday. The second thing which is linked to that and what Greg was talking about is what do you think of John Stones and what you're seeing on Sunday and going back to the previous manager? Well, where do you think he stands at the moment compared to his when he was eleven? I it's think it's still he, relevant, isn't it? It's relevant to Sunday in particular. For his development, he couldn't have handpicked two worse managers for his development, in my opinion. He would have been better playing for Conte at Chelsea or even Mourinho or Manchester United. Not defensive minded, but ones who are gonna get a John Terry next to him. Proper defenders or defensive minded ma- managers that will do make him a defender. Not playing the ball out from the back. Yeah, he can do it, but there's times and ways. Pep Guardiola is probably the worst possible manager for him to develop his skills. He's a, he's a, he's a, he needs a proper defensive minded manager, and he hasn't got that. We'll put it this way: if not that we're, we're Arsenal, England, but if you're yeah. picking an England squad next week, he's not getting in it. No, no, no chance. No. He might be better today than Cumin. Uh, he probably wasn't. <laughs> to be fair, that. to be fair, that's the irony. You know, Cumin, world class defender. You know, yeah. and it's just because the question is, and I think I heard that last night is. I get no pleasure in Stones. No, no, do I. I don't. And people say, I think he's a class act. No, nothing will give me greater pleasure, especially when you've spoken about him glowingly in the podcast. I wanted to see him turn into the top class defender that he's shown that he could be at Everton. I don't really like people having a good laughing at his expense. Uh, You know, nothing will give me greater pleasure outside of Everton than seeing him turn into that defender that we hoped he would. But he needs the right manager, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. And hopefully you'll get that. No, the irony, yeah. Sorry, Gav. Yeah. The irony that he did try and put it in Rosehead for the last yeah. goal, didn't he? Yeah, and you and know. And it bounced back off Coleman and it's felt for Yeah, we've not spoken about Luckman. It, it bounced back off Coleman, but you see, Shane, we're, we're getting beat. We're, sorry, we're getting beat after a lifetime. Uh, <laughs> we're winning 3 0 with like 15 seconds left on the clock, and Shane was still closing Tremendous. down. Yeah, yeah. He Tremendous. doesn't come back off Coleman. He runs towards him and spins to close him down with 15 seconds left. And. Um, and as a result of that, great things happen because exactly. you've not spoken about Luckman yet and, and the last goal. But that just shows you if you just put a little bit extra in at the right times, yeah. you get enormous benefits. Well, that Thierry Henry made a good point about Luckman's finishes. It's, it's, make, it's more difficult than what you think. The ball, it literally ricochets off John Stones and the ball, yeah. the ball, he touches it, but then he could have hit it first time, but the ball's still spinning. It's still spinning, he said. It, Henri says it's a very, very difficult technique to do if the ball's spinning. He could have hit it again, but he never. He adjusted his body and then put it right underneath Bravo, which any shot on goal yeah. in this match is it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a goal at the moment, isn't it? I, I mean, I thought um, he, he got, 
I want to say he got overshadowed the last goal, but in many respects, that was it was a fantastic bit of play from a lad. I think it was his second and third touches, wasn't it? I think yeah. he touched it once just before yeah. Lukaku and Otamendi had their little contretemps, didn't he? had one touch there. And as you say, he made what something that looked, that is very difficult look reasonably yeah. straightforward. And it was a great finish. And sometimes you don't need a lot to see whether to decide on whether somebody's empty mm. any good or not. But as soon as you saw that, yeah. Yeah. On Sunday, thinking, tell you what, <laughs> yeah. he's a, he looks about twelve to be he fair. Does, too, like, yeah. You know, it is good, we, but he, there was a great finish, a great finish, and it was we, just when he thought that they couldn't get any better. Exactly, we did, I just mentioned on on Manchester City's goalkeeper there, total waste of time for me. But we on the opposite end of the pitch, we seen a graphic yesterday that Joel Robles has shots to save ratio in the Premier League, second highest. I think it's the same as um, Loris for Tottenham. Since since the first of December, since yeah, 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 since yeah. the games he's played, he's the, the saves he's stopping right up there with the very best. Do we do, are we now seeing him as a cemented number one? Even though we've seen Stecklenberg on the bench on on Sunday, Greg, he's got to be. It's only fair until you know he does something to uh, you know you know disprove that um, theory, if you like, that he should remain number one. And he's got to because he's playing well enough. It's mm. not fair. You can't and Kuman to you know Kuman rightly basically said as much before the game and gave him the shirt and he did nothing to disprove that he was that he was right wrong to do so. Yeah, and it was great to see him at the end. I mean as you know like he watched the game from the press box and thought if you were in if you were at ground level at the corner Gladys Street end and the Bullens Road on yeah. it would have been brilliant the second half yeah, on uh, yeah. on Sunday, wouldn't it? Because everybody went over to that corner after all three goals and it was just great to see that that atmosphere and mm. stuff. It was it was it was brilliant. I think I love the fact that he sprints up the pitch and he clearly, you know, he's... That feeds into what I was going to say, actually, Gav. I think Joel's mentality gets underplayed, really. I think he's a really strong mentally character. He's had so many ups and downs. He's looked like he's completely on the ropes, never getting the shirt back. He's been in the team, then cruelly hooked out of the team when Tim Howard was fit and everyone could see Tim Howard was a busted flush. And it's looked, for all intents and purposes, like he didn't have a future when Joe Hart was linked to coming in, Stick Allenberg had come in. He's kept mentally strong. He's maintained self-belief and all that. He, when he first came into the team under Martinez, he did look a bag of nerves. Yeah. And it, 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 he's a young goalkeeper, whatever way you look at it. But he's, he seems to have grown for all his experiences for me. And, you know, he always looked assured on Sunday yeah. against some considerable firepower, albeit the defence did superbly to limit them. But I never really had my heart in mouth no, watching him. No, like, no, like no, there no, was a point. I think when I'm seeing him now, it looks as if he's a different type of character for me. As if he's like saying, "I'm good enough to be Everton's number one." Mm-hmm. I could have easily bottled out of an ear and went I mean. to a La Liga mid-table yeah. team. Could have easily done it. He never. He's he's stuck at it, and he it's probably saying, and saying, "Yeah, we'll get you the movie here elsewhere. You're not wanted on the human." But he said, "No. As soon as I get my chance, I'm staying there." And there was a time during in the season as well. I don't know where it was. When he got his chance even further, and I remember arguing with you fellas, you were yeah, saying, yeah. "Actually, got in." Yeah. Yeah, no, Stecklenberg's the number one, and that's the case. Well, he's coming, and he's done it again in the same season. Yeah. Come back in, and he's kept his shirt, and that go, that goes to show that he, he wants to be at Everton. That's what I mean. He wants to yeah. prove to Everton fans that I'm your number one. Yeah, fair. Scotty arguing on the podcast. That's no. the first. Isn't <laughs> it? I don't just, just to just to complete a couple of uh, points from from Sunday, Mason Holgate. Yeah, best match I've seen him well, in a year. Do you know what we we gave? Rightly, Martin has a bit of kind of, by virtue of a different theory, some stick there. But again, he deserves applaud, credit where it's due. He went and you know, his, his team scouted him and he brought him to the club. And by Cumin hasn't half progressed him, by the way. But Martin has brought him in. Well, Wasn't he brilliant on I, Sunday? Well, I know what yeah. I do like about Mason Allgate. He's two-footed. 
there was times when like Aguero or De Bruyne he'd be pressing him and he'd just come inside drop the shoulder it'd be left foot or right foot back to the goalie it's two footed massive massive me and Phil were talking about like when we were you know compiling our analysis and trying to look at you know his verdict and ratings and stuff and we were both thinking some of the players it was clear to make an, a sort of distill what they did in an observation or a line or a mm. paragraph and Holgate's really thinking well, what did he really do then it occurred to us that itself in itself mm. is such a testament to a twenty-year-old against De the concerted firepower of De Bruyne, Sterling, yeah. Aguero. He yeah, never seen. He yeah. certainly never lost any clear no. one-on-ones. I yeah, saw. he got done he by Aguero in the first half. Maybe brought some down just outside yeah. the box. He, he did. That he was, did. The he fact did. that you remember that indicates actually there was a lot there. But it didn't stand out. Like, yeah. he, he never thought. No. He never looked like a weak link. He never looked like he was going to. They were trying to target him because if they did, they didn't get much out of it. But, no, really good. Yeah, it was another one I thought grew into the game. Uh, and there was another couple of players. Gareth Barry thought was, was excellent. I think having, as I say, people either side of him mm. meant he did less run and was far more effective. Uh, Funes Mori, oh. <laughs> again. Do you know what? That's the only yeah. slight negative for me is Funes Mori, is decision-making. Sometimes he'll have the ball and he'll follow the ball on the halfway line. The ball's gone, leave it, get back in your it's position. Like you, 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 you're it's with like Ashley Williams, he's like yeah. a schoolboy yeah. in a schoolyard playing football, just following the ball, and you could see Ashley Williams at times screaming at him and shaking his head, playing your position, lad. Even though you've got three at the back, stay at the back. There's no need to go chasing the ball like a school kid in the yard. No need for it. Yeah, and then the other one, uh, you mentioned Coleman, uh, Baines thought, I think Baines, you spoke about fitness, I think he looks probably fit and what he has done for a couple of years lately, to be fair yeah. at the moment. But Kevin Morales... In particular, said before, thought he was excellent on on Sunday. Um, took his goal well. Uh, a bit like Tom Davis, I thought he took the ball too wide at first. And yeah, then pulled the an track. excellent finish. Wasn't I thought uh, Morales was excellent. Uh, I'm just wondering whether he's one of the players. He, maybe he's got a little bit more comfort now about his future at Everton. Perhaps I, I think it's the opposite side of that. Gav. I think he's. I think he may have been told. Listen, not reading between the lines here, but he may have been told. Listen. You you could be out of the, you could be out of the club here, and he's there's been players who have gone, and he's thinking I could be next year. I've got a point to prove. I want to show the fans that I like it in this area. My kids are settled in this area, and I want to stay at Everton. I think he's hit a spot there. Where he's thinking I'm going to have to perform on a consistent basis, not one every five or six games. I need to do it every single week. I don't know. From what from what we understand, he's got absolutely no interest in leaving. He's settled in Merseyside. His kids are both in good schools. His wife loves here. Mm. He enjoys being at Everton. And all the links when he's been playing poorly this season with you know with, with him being axed, it's all a bit redundant because he doesn't want to go anywhere. So even if Kuma did want to sell him at one point, which you could understand, I think he was always going to say unless it was like a really financial incentive for him to go, he was going to dig mm. his heels in. Yeah. And all I'd say with Kevin. He, he, you're right, he was brilliant on Sunday. But I just, I want him to see him to do it. I want to see it. I want that to happen again. Yeah, against Palace. Crystal Palace, yeah. If yeah, he exactly. can just do it, and all right, it's all well and good when you, you know, Super Sunday, the clash of the Liverpool versus mm. Manchester United, Everton versus City. The focus is on him, brilliant, big high profile fixture. Do it at Salers Park. Yeah, yeah. Do no, it again. When no, when no one's watching, get down there and and I was thinking about that. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like. 10, 15 years' time, and you look back over like this period of time over the last couple of years, you look back on him and think, like, God, he did off underachiever Everton for somebody of his ability. And he's been there for quite he's a while. Got the ability, got that you, know, you know that finish on, you know, that finish on got Sunday the ability. was exceptional. Yeah. He can go either side of the defender, 
got a bit of pace. He can he can finish really well. And you're thinking you've got a hell of a lot in your. Uh, but he's going to run out of excuses. This is his third ever manager he's worked under here. Yeah. You've got to do something finally, and consistently. You know, his, his appearance, his pace, season isn't that, that great. Mm. Uh, and you just think, you know, you've got everything to be a really, really good mm. player. And you show it on occasions, but you don't show it all the time. Exactly. I mean, sometimes he's played in the, he's been played in the wrong position. Yeah. Played, yeah. You know, but that just well, still stop you trying. No, the no, attitude. No, absolutely. His yeah. attitude yeah. sometimes this season has been frustrating. Where he threw his yeah. hands in the air, and he's got arms down on tools. Yeah. And the next one you see him on Sunday, and he's chasing people down. Yeah. yeah, that was a top class finish. That on that was a, the finish oh, yeah. of a top class player. To be that, fair, you know, the goalkeeper, any decent yeah, yeah, goalkeeper but, gets yeah, his hands yeah, that. Yeah, I get that, but. I, I feel thoughts you've got to give Kevin. Oh, yeah, definitely. He, did. He, he showed again what he did in the cup against West Ham. Was it two seasons ago? Yeah. Where he can pick it. He almost looks as if he's being controlled by a kid on FIFA sometimes. He, he has still got the pace because yeah. he showed it. He can pick the ball up in his own half and all of a sudden turn on the uh, afterburners and he goes past people for fun. He can go inside or out, like you say. Yeah. And he can make things happen. Of all the players, though, who gets affected by a start to a game, I think he's right up there. Like because we'd started well and we got a goal and the crowd are behind them, all of a sudden, you know, he was buying into it. Sometimes when Everton goes one nil down and he'll disappear. Yeah, and that's the problem. You think his, his problems are more yeah. um, psychological rather than physical, I think, uh, yeah. Kevin bought a fair dues all came together for, for him on uh, on Sunday like it did for the rest of the team. On Luffman again, I just want to touch on that. I think it looks like De La Faye was on his way out. You know, into AC Milan, so he clearly wanted. Whether or not Everton are going to sanction the loan, we don't know. But if I was a better man, I'd say he'll leave this month. Um, for me, though, Luckman can come off that bench with that pace that he showed and really stretch a tired opposition defence. Yeah, I was thinking that. Because you sort of keep under the radar being on the bench in the first place. You didn't know. So when you see the team, she's the last name, wasn't he? Yeah. I was thinking... Uh, he only came, what, he'd only been there a week, hadn't he, something like that, yeah. uh, 10 days. Uh, and I know Ronald came out last week and said he's doing really well and, and so on. And I, I was thinking, a lot, a lot of new young players that come to the club, the manager says that it's part of the platitudes, yeah, yeah. isn't it, you know, morale boosting. Yeah. But obviously by sticking them on the bench on Sunday, yeah. he's maybe ahead of some others. He's probably thinking, well, actually, he has done really well oh Koeman isn't putting him on yeah, that yeah, bench yeah, because yeah. yeah for the sake of it yeah. and I, I know we brought him on when we went in 3 now with 5 minutes left but he still brought him on didn't he exactly and yeah. you know he's, he's done himself a, a, hell, a hell of a, a lot of good there scoring the end for his own morale as well as much anything than that exactly else and I think maybe you'll see him a lot more before the end of the season than what maybe was envisaged in yeah. anybody yeah. I mean because I know highlight reels on YouTube and stuff can be a bit misleading but when you see like a chart, and you, you can just see, yeah, that you know, he, he, yeah. even taking advantage, you know, with all due respect to the level he's playing at, you can just say, oh, he's a good, uh, mm. he's, you know, he's a good player, that lad, you know. We've got through the entire podcast, and we've not even dwelled on the fact that Morgan Schneiderlin's through the door now. You know, he came on, and, and I think he, it proved the adage that he's obviously a really diligent professional, and he'd hired his own personal training team to. He was training at Old Trafford, albeit away from the first team, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. But doing his own sessions to try and be match fit. But there's, only, there's just no substitute for playing football, is there? Yeah. And he did look to me a little bit rusty when he came on, albeit he showed the right attitude he wanted well, to get involved. Well, he got involved. on the pitch and that was it. And that's yeah. what I was saying before, Greg, is that, that the shortage of first team games are certain points. Yeah. You know, not being in the FA Cup, saying over like yeah, January and February, yeah. it's going to mean yeah. that. 
you know, some people are getting less game time, what maybe perhaps would be ideal for us. But it does, you know, and this is probably for another day, it does leave Kieran with some expected sort of team selection problems. Does, doesn't it? Especially yeah. in that area of the pitch, maybe I've got... I've got a surface of midfielders I've made them all. I hesitate to say, Gav, we might have to uh, go without Darren Gibson for a few games. And... I'm sure we can do that. Though, to be fair, when Darren is fit and far. And, when know, was like that? Yeah, sometime in 2012, <laughs> probably. No, but but you've had Darren, more collective minutes yeah, since last yeah, time you played. No, but, you know, Darren has been good. But no, I'm, I'm joking, yeah. He's, he has been. He, another one who's got the ability, but. but you know. That's sadly one, you know, his injury, yeah. injuries have, uh, have, have literally knackered him. Um, but Cumin has got some. Key decisions to make around yeah, team yeah. selection and formation, hasn't it, over the next few months? Well, you wouldn't imagine he's brought Schneider in for that money to sit on the bench. So, and, but then again, how do we? Because this is obviously the dilemma he'll be facing ahead of Sellers Park. How do you break up a winning team? I, mean, I don't really know who, who moves out of the team. Yeah, well, he's got a bit of breathing space because he's just a gaze away for some unspecified period, obviously. Yeah. But if you play 3 4 3, let's go, well, if you've got Schneiderlin and it's just a guy, yeah. play your middle two in the, the four in the middle with Baines and Coleman either side, and then it's like Tom Davis is still firing, do you play Davis up further up the pitch or do you play him wide right? Or, you know, it, it's a, there's, a, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of yeah. nice problems yeah, to have there, but yeah. what you don't want yeah. is, is that sort of thing getting in the way of the blend of the team and That's playing it. the right team every That's week it. and the benefits that you get from that. Um, so, That'll be another interesting sideline for the next three or four months, I think. It will be. Well, we'll watch with uh, renewed anticipation and uh, enthusiasm after Sunday, as I'm sure we all will. Um, thanks very much for listening. Again, like I say, thank you for all your kind comments. Um, we'll be back soon with Phil, of course, who was, I should mention, off today. But, um, yeah, we're looking forward to Saturday and another, hopefully, three points. Thank you for listening.